0: more grace and thank you for listening to the prophetic podcast with prophet brian karn here's today's message i am absolutely excited ecstatic to talk to you about this mind control but i'm i'm going to take it to another level and just be a little practical and even transparent with this message you know the The thought life is so important in the life of the believer because we know that whoever controls the mind literally controls the body. But I want to talk about how mind control delivered me, helped me, set me free from the strongholds of religion. What do you mean the strongholds of religion? Well, just to be quite frank with you, uh, I know that most of you are, Uh, just think that i be talking when I say that I was raised in church. But when I say that I was raised in church, I was raised in church. You know, uh, Sunday morning, 11 o'clock. Sunday night, 6 o'clock. Monday night, my mother had a meeting at the church. So guess where I was with her? Tuesday night, we had service. Wednesday night was prayer. Thursday night was Bible study. Friday night was choir rehearsal. Saturday, we cleaned up the church. And we were back at church on Sunday. So I was raised in church. Church is all I know. Church is all I ever experienced in my whole life. It was not a choice. It was not an option. My mother got good and saved in 1983, I believe that was. She got good and saved. I mean, when God saved my mama, He saved us for real. And, you know, at, at the church I come up in, we don't just say we got saved. We can tell you the month. We can tell you the day. We can tell you the year that Jesus came into our life. And even that we got filled with the Holy Ghost. We know because we were very adamant about our salvation. And I want to make it very clear. None of that I would trade for anything in the world. I would not trade My foundation, the salvation, the clean living, the sanctification, the roots that I would talk, nothing like being raised in a godly home with a godly mother. I most definitely believe my life was spared and protected from a lot of snares and traps and entanglements that the enemy would have probably had an advantage of in my life. Had I not been raised in the home that I was raised in, I was raised with a single parent, just my mother. My dad was in the streets, sex, drugs, rock and roll, doing his thing. And as much as I love and respect my father, trust me, I know the difference that my life would be had my father been in my life, in the home. Of course, if I didn't have just a godly influence, when my mother Said go to church. If I had a father who said he ain't got to go, then guess what? I wouldn't have went. Well, my father, who was an uh, excellent athlete, who might have said, "You ain't going to church today. You coming out here to play some ball?" Then I probably would have followed my father. But God had a plan and a purpose for my life. So Romans eight twenty eight is true that all things do work together for the good. But I'm I'm just telling you, I. I God did spare my life from so many tragedies and things as a result of not being raised in the world, but being raised in church and the kind of church that I was raised in. uh, We were very strict. I mean, just very, very strict. If you did wrong, well, I'll say it like this. You didn't want to do wrong. Nobody wanted to do wrong. And if you did wrong, you hit it. If you did wrong, you covered it up because you almost had to live a perfect life. And of course, no one did. But I'm going to be very honest with you. As I came up in church, every individual to whom I saw in church, I believe, lived a perfect life. I didn't believe they did anything wrong. I didn't believe they dipped cuss or chew or hung with them to do. I didn't believe they lied. They cheated. They stole. I didn't believe uh, they had sex, that they ever, uh committed adultery or cheated. or th- I-, I just didn't believe they gambled or smoked or drank, none of that. I remember the first time, and I'm not saying this in a bad way, but I remember the first time I saw a preacher um, have alcohol. It blew my mind. I didn't know a preacher drank. I remember the first time I seen someone do wrong. And you know, the church I was raised in, if you did wrong, you had to get up and repent in front of the church for the wrong that you committed. I remember one young lady got up and said, I didn't come to church because I got pregnant. I felt bad. And I remember mean, my pastor got up saying, we're glad you felt bad. Righteousness exalts the nation. Sin is a reproach. That's Proverbs fourteen thirty four, To any people. So that's why I was raised. I was raised in church that way. Very strict. Very hard. Never been to a prom. Matter of fact, our church was so adamant about not going to proms that they provided an alternative called Evening of Elegance. where well, you didn't go to the prom. I didn't go to dances. I didn't go to homecoming parties and all of that stuff. Never been to a school dance, never been to a school prom, none of the above. Raised in church and because I was raised in church and and I got saved when God saved me. I didn't know that I was religious, not just religious, judgmental. Looked down on other people who did not live as I lived. Uh, Didn't come up the way I came up. Didn't get the Holy Ghost the way that I thought you should get it. Didn't speak in tongues like I thought you should speak. Didn't quicken. Didn't live the life. Amen. If you didn't, if you listened to secular music, I thought for sure you were ungodly. You saved and you listened to Mary J. Blige, Beyonce, Beyonce. I still feel that way, by the way. I'm <laughs> just kidding. But you, well, I'm kind of telling the truth. But, you know, listening to those people to whom I'm, you know, God bless them, I don't listen to them now. But you listen to rap music and listen to watch TV with curse words. I, I thought for sure you were not saved. Same people didn't do that. I was in high school. I would hear people say they were saved, cussing. i said, oh, maybe they're not saved. You know, I, I just didn't know. I, I was very judgmental and religious, and again, I'm not against the standard. But I didn't operate in love and mercy and compassion and found out over time that I became a hypocrite because although I didn't listen to this, and I didn't do that, I wasn't perfect. I didn't do everything right. And I communicated to the church that I pastored that every failure that I've ever committed, I did in the sanctuary. So with that being said, when I started, not dotting every I, crossing every T, had failures and flaws and mishaps in my life, things that I didn't do so right, I had a choice to either be judgmental and be a hypocrite or to reevaluate some things because I knew that I had done wrong, but he was still there, but I didn't even know how to talk to this God because I believed that I had to measure up for him to talk to me I believe I had to be good enough and if I had iniquity in my heart. The Lord didn't hear me. John 931 was one of my favorite scriptures. For God don't hear sinners. For whosoever is a worshiper of God and doeth his will, him he heareth. Jesus never said that. The religious people said that. So I didn't believe if I sinned, Jesus would hear me. You know, I just believe I had to walk this straight and narrow path of perfection doing all these things right in order to earn his love. I mean, I knew he loved me. John 3.16, for God so loved the world. I, I knew he loved me, but I don't think I really had a great grasp of the love of God, his compassion, his goodness, his mercy. And I learned that a lot of things that I would talk, or a lot of things that I knew <clears throat> was not Bible knowledge. It was church knowledge. It was things that had been passed down to me over the years. Things that had was preached that I never took the time to study. We're in the middle of a series right now entitled Mind Control. And I'm dealing with putting on the whole armor of God. But in that putting on the whole armor of God. I have kind of. Concluded that the armor of God is Bible knowledge. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And I've concluded that armor that we must put on as believers is Bible knowledge. And as I grew and matured, I learned that I didn't have a lot of Bible knowledge. I had religion knowledge, church knowledge, doctrine knowledge, but not Bible knowledge. So as I walked with him and he walked with me in my failures in my mishap bloopers and blunders and things done wrong, I said, let's go back to the drawing board. And the reason I had to go back <clears throat> to the drawing board is I saw people who loved God who were really struggling. And I was putting them in hell. I mean, every one of them. I didn't care nothing about you. times when you love God. I-, I was throwing people away. And I didn't feel worthy. I didn't feel like I could talk to him because I had done wrong. Yes, make it very clear the man that you're listening to right now has done wrong, has failed, have repented and done it again, has said he wasn't going to do it again. And I know always people are always trying to figure out, well, Private Khan, what you be doing? Paul said that was giving me a thorn in my flesh, never communicated what it was, because I believe it's not important what my thorn is as much as it's... Not important what your thorn is, but know for sure, we all have one. A messenger of Satan sent to buffet us. Every person that's listening to me right now, there's a thorn in your life. Something you shout over, something you dance over, something you worship over. But you're not perfect, because if you were, you wouldn't be here. The minute you're you're ready... You can exit. You're not perfect. This body has problems. And it's true that my religion affected my relationship with God, affected my relationship with people. And one scripture changed everything. One scripture. And I told you this armor gave me control over my mind because here I am, Prophet Karin, all over the world, known on all Christian networks, traveling here. And then I mess up. I fail. I do something wrong, some people would suggest. Then the enemy tells me, you're done. It's over for you. I mean, your best days are behind you. This is the judgment of God. This is the wrath of God. Your sins have found you out or something you did wrong. And then that was my church knowledge that God was judging me because of what I had done wrong. or God was getting at me or all of these things. But one scripture one Bible knowledge, one scripture helped me to combat feelings of not good enough, feelings of it's over, feelings of disappointment, rejection, feelings of God is mad at me. And it was one scripture, First John 4, he that loveth not, knoweth not God for God. Is love. That's first John. Chapter four. Can I read it to you? So you can really get it. Four and eight. He that loveth not. Knoweth not God. For God. Is. Love. And this was manifested. The love of God toward us. That's verse nine. I believe because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Hearing his love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Wow. Bobby Kahn, how did that help you? Because I said, God is love. He don't have love. He is love. Well, I coupled that scripture with First Corinthians 13 and read it about love. And this is, of course, dealing with love toward each other. But I said, if God is love, there is absolutely no way that I can ever have the capacity to be more loving than he is. And it said that that love is patient, kind endures all things. Matter of fact, can can we go there real quick? Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And let's look at what the word of God said in 1 Corinthians 13. In the NIV version, verse four, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast. It is not proud. It does not honor. It does not honor others. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. So wherever I see love, I put the word patient. I put the word God. I'm sorry. God is patient. God is kind. God does not envy. God does not boast. God is not proud. God does not dishonor others. He is not self-seeking. He is not easily angered. And he keeps no record of wrongs. He doesn't delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. He always protects, trusts, hopes, perseveres. Because God don't have love, he is love. It's his nature And it's his character. That Bible knowledge right there showed me that God is not mad at me. What do you mean? God's not mad. I had to be free from thinking that God was ready to judge me and whoop me and spank me every time I did wrong. God loved me so much, John 3, that he gave his only begotten son. And all of the anger, all of the anger that God had with me because of what Adam did, not because of what I did. I wasn't even born when Jesus came into the earth. Adam messed up. And all of the disappointment, anger, rejection, hurt, and pain that God had with Adam, he put on Jesus. Not a portion of it, all of it. Because Adam is responsible for all sin. Past, present, future. And all of that anger was put on Jesus. All of it, not a portion of it. All anger, disappointment. God's not disappointed with me because he put that disappointment on Jesus. He's not angry with me. He's not upset with me. He's not mad at me. He's not trying to get me. All of that was put on Jesus. And once I got a hold to that Bible Knowledge. it broke religion off of me because here I am judging people not wanting to give no one a chance and here it is he's given me a chance and I've messed up time and time again so many people are lost because I'm thinking God's angry with you God's going to get you God's going to get you and God said mm-mm I got them at Calvary. I'm not mad at them. Whosoever believe in me won't perish. I mean, this is just a portion of it, but just that Bible knowledge. I can stay here all day because it changed my life. And once it changed my life, it changed the whole way I saw the scripture. So God didn't kick Adam out because he was mad. No. Of course he disappointed, he didn't like what Adam did. But I didn't kick Adam out because I was, I kicked him out, why? Because I loved him. Because had he stayed in the garden and ate from the tree of life, man would have eternally been in a position where he could not have ever been redeemed. But I want you to know that I've desired fellowship with you so bad that I created a man, knowing the man that I created was going to disobey me, knowing he was going to cost me my son, Jesus. Yet, I created him anyway. And it broke religion off of me. And all of these people that I'm looking at thinking God's angry and ready to beat down, I found out he loved them. So when I'm going through a bad situation in my life and the enemy shoots a thought an idea, a suggestion that God's angry, God's going to get up. Nope. I have too much knowledge of the word that says his thoughts toward me are good, not evil. And it's to give me an expected in. You got to get a hold to this series, Mind Control. And if this is the only part you've heard, you need to go back and listen to part one, part two, part three, part four, part five. Just go listen to them one by one. Because if you can get control of your thought life, you can get control of your life. Because as a man thinketh, so is he. Well, that's all I got for you. But I'm telling you. I just wanted to share this with you. Listen to it. Tell your neighbors, your friends, everybody you know, they need to listen to this. It's life-changing. And they need to listen to the series, Mind Control. More grace. Thank you for listening. Visit our website for more information to stay connected with the ministry of Prophet Brian Karn at briancarn.com or kingdomcitychurch.com.